Good morning. It's Friday morning. It is March the 6th, and this is Morning in the Mountains. I'm Rich Haley, and we're about to do Sports in the Smokies. We're going to be talking about the Lady Vols come from behind win last night and what that means for the SEC tournament and their eventual berth in the NCAA tournament. We'll also be talking about the Kings Academy Lady Lions, who are going to be fighting for a state championship. All that and more in just a moment. Good morning. It is a gray and gloomy Friday, but that doesn't mean we can't have some fun today. we got a lot going on. The sports world is really heating up, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, glad you're here on uh, Facebook watching us, and remember you can also watch us live on Roku and on YouTube, plus our archives are always available there. And if you want to listen in your car while you're moving around town, check us out. We've got our podcasts available on Spotify and all the other places where you'd normally find your podcasts. So we try to make it easy for you to find us. Um, so the things that we're going to be talking about today, we've got a lot going on, a lot of basketball, and we're going to focus a lot on the ladies today because there's a lot going on in women's basketball as well as high school basketball. So the first thing we're going to start off with, obviously, is going to be the Lady Vols. If you watched the game last night, you already know. If you didn't watch the game, it was an amazing comeback by the Lady Vols. It was a 26-point swing. The Lady Vols were down 13 early to Missouri in the SEC tournament. This is the second round, and they fought their way back into it in the uh, third quarter, held Missouri to just six points in the entire third quarter, and then went on to win by 13. Final score was 64-51. Uh, to 51. So it was a really impressive comeback by the Lady Vols, and it was a really good game. Missouri came out very hot. They were playing hard, very tough on defense. They limited the Lady Vols to, I believe, just one field goal in the first quarter. Meanwhile, while the Lady Vols were playing some good defense, just couldn't get their uh, offense underway. Uh, but in the second quarter, uh, we started getting some scoring from the Lady Vols. And uh, again, they were down 13 at one point. They dropped it to nine at the half. The third quarter was a complete turnaround. It was a completely different game. Tennessee dominated on the boards. They were shooting well, and uh, Ray Burrell, who hit 16 for the game, and that led all the scorers, hit 11 of her points in the third quarter, and that was the difference. That put Tennessee ahead for good, and they kept that lead all the way through the fourth quarter. The other big contributor was uh, Kushkitawa, who came off the bench played a lot of minutes, and really dominated on the inside. She scored 13, just three short of her high for the season. So between the two of them, they did a great job bringing the Lady Vols back into the game. And, of course, Renaya Davis hit for 15 points, and uh, they put Missouri away by the end of the game without much difficulty. So what's up next for them? The next thing for the Lady Vols is going to be tonight. They're going to be taking on Kentucky. And uh, we've got a schedule of the games, if we can put that up, that will show you what all's going on today in the SEC tournament. There it is. Uh, no, that's the high school one. We need the uh, college one. Uh, it should say, uh, let's see, where'd we go? Uh, the uh, tournament bracket. That's the one. There we go. So 
put that up there and those are the games that will be going on this afternoon all the games obviously are going to be played in south carolina at the sec tournament and uh, the lady vols versus kentucky will be the last of those games uh, it's going to be a tough game for the lady vols we know that uh, kentucky always plays them tough and with the up and down season we've had this year you know it's hard to tell what's going to happen however the cool thing about last night's win, even though it was Missouri, Missouri's 5-11 and 11 in the SEC, they weren't expected to be a terrific challenge, is that it showed that the Lady Vols are starting to show some resilience. When things go wrong, instead of folding, they're starting to double down, they're starting to play harder, they're making adjustments. Uh, Coach Harper did a great job keeping her ladies in the game and getting them back onto a winning track. Now, if they get off to a slow start again, like they did uh, last night against Kentucky, it's going to be a different outcome. Uh, like I said, they scored one field goal in the first quarter against Missouri, and were only down by five points at the end of the first quarter. So they won't have that luxury with Kentucky. They're gonna have to come out and start playing hard from the beginning, and hopefully get the point scoring. And once they get through that game, then uh, we move into the quarterfinal. Right now, from everybody that I've talked to, the Lady Vols are going to make the NCAA tournament. Had they not won against Missouri, there was some questions. There was some talk that they would be a bubble team, might be one of the last four in, or worse, one of the first four out. But now they're looking like a solid 10 seed, and a win against Kentucky could bump them up a couple of spots and give them a little bit easier road in the NCAA tournament. So we'll see how that goes. Now, we've got some men's Vols news as well, but we're going to wait on that because we've got some more lady basketball players that uh, are in competition, and this is going to happen tomorrow. So earlier this week, we talked about it briefly on uh, Ask Frank yesterday. The Gatlinburg-Pittman Lady Highlanders went to Carter in the uh, regional finals. The Lady Highlanders were third in the region. The the Carter Hornets were second, and we were looking for a really good game between these two, and we got exactly what we expected. Uh, Gatlinburg-Pittman jumped out to an early lead, but Carter was able to fight back and get into the game and eventually win. We've got some highlights from that that we didn't get a chance to show yesterday, so let's go ahead and roll those now. So, See that nice big three from Carter. We've picked up action about midway through the first quarter. See the missed shot, rebound, put back, and the points. So Gatlinburg-Pittman was doing a great job on the boards. They were doing a nice job on defense as well. You can see them grabbing another rebound. That was 23, Sydney McCarty. She brings it down. And for the three, nothing but net. Very nice shot and a very good game for them. A little bit out of control there, missed the shot, picked up the rebound, kicked it back out for another three, and once again, right in where it needed to be. Carter comes hustling back, beautiful pass on the inside for the easy layup. Gatlinburg-Pittman again, trying to work the ball in. Nice little move. Now she's getting trapped in the corner here, and that's never a good pass when you see that, but she manages to escape. Kicks it in under the basket and boom, two more points. So like I said, the Gatlinburg-Pittman Highlanders were in the lead after the first quarter. 
Nice little layup there after a nifty move for the Hornets. And uh, Gatlinburg Pittman comes back with the answer. Another nice move on the inside. It was a very exciting game. Fast pace. There were some turnovers, but a lot of nice shooting. Pull up jumper that missed. Rebound. And we get the fast break. Moving down the court. All the way. Little pump fake. And boom. Two points for the Hornets. So, like I said, after the first half, uh, Gatlinburg Pittman was tied with Carter. And uh, here in a minute, you're going to see the shot that ends the half. Nice little dribble, nice block, but the persistence pays off. What a nice little inside pass for the points. Number one for Carter was just dominant all night. The, that backup move and then drives in and misses it, gets her own rebound. I love that. Takes the shot, misses it, gets her own rebound, sets her team up for another try. The three-pointer doesn't fall. Gatlinburg Pittman gets the rebound and takes it back up court. Off to the corner, inside layup, boom, two points. Every time Carter started to pull out for a lead, Gatlinburg Pittman would answer. Long three that didn't hit. Now that was called a jump ball. That was kind of an interesting call. We're getting close to the end of the first half right here. And Carter is trying to get the last shot and take a nice lead into halftime. Moving the ball around, back and forth, trying to find an opening. And nice feed right there, number 34. So, clock is ticking. Almost out of time, long three at the buzzer. And that tied us up at halftime. Let's see that again, because that's pretty. Right down the court, buzzer sounds, boom. So that tied up the game, but again, the Carter Hornets were able to come back and keep the win. And what that did is set up, and we can go back to that next other graphic now of the uh, tournament brackets. Carter gets to play at home tonight, or tomorrow, while Lady uh, Highlanders of Gatlinburg-Pittman have to travel up to Elizabethton to play. The way the tournament is set up, uh, the winner of these two games do advance to the state. So both teams are playing for a berth in the state tournament. Both of those games will be happening tomorrow. So that is our high school basketball for the girls. And it looks like it's a good time right now. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of our other high school basketball teams and how their season's ended. And uh, then we'll go talk about UT Vols, men's basketball, and then a little bit of some other sports. So we'll be right back in just a moment. All right, we're back after that message. We're gonna talk a little bit more girls high school basketball because we've got another exciting team uh, with some uh, good opportunity, and that is the Kings Academy Lady Lions. They are playing in the state championship for the Division II single A title. They're playing tomorrow. The game will be in Nashville. So they're going to be playing against Good Pasture, 
And with the win, that means we have a state champion in the county, which is always a good thing. So best of luck to the Kings Academy Lady Lions. Play hard, play well, and bring this uh, trophy home. All right. So the rest of the basketball teams have finished their seasons. Uh, the Sevier County Lady Bears lost to Science Hill on Monday, 52 to 47. Then uh, the Smoky Bears lost to Dobbins Bennett, 71 to 62 on Tuesday. And Pigeon Forge, Northview, and Gatlinburg Pittman boys all lost last Saturday, ending their seasons. Not to worry though, if you're a high school sports fan, Baseball, softball, and soccer all start within the next 10 days. So we've got plenty of sports to bring to you, stuff for you to go and watch, and we'll keep you up with all of that stuff as we go through. So now we're going to talk about the UT men. Uh, I think I need to go on vacation more often. While I was home and covering the games, UT had a horrible uh, stretch. They were really fading. And then when I leave to go on vacation, they win two straight one against Arkansas, and then a couple of nights ago, if you watch the game, pretty amazing, another huge comeback win against a big team, and that was the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Rick Barnes actually has uh, a lot of success against the Wildcats. In fact, that's our trivia question for today. So if you're listening and you want to answer the trivia question, Rick Barnes has a winning record at 7-6 and six against Kentucky. Name the only other coach who's played Kentucky more than 10 times that has a winning record. Again, Rick Barnes, seven and six against Kentucky all time. What other division one coach has a winning record against Kentucky that has faced them at least 10 times? So we'll see if anybody comes up with that answer. And let's see, what do we have here? Ah, the boss says he's glad he's, that I'm back. Well, I'm glad I'm back too, this is fun. All right, so we've got the trivia question out there. If you've got the answer, put it in the comments and you'll win a wonderful prize because I'll say congratulations, that's your prize. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about UT versus Kentucky because it was a really good game. And once again, just like last night with the Lady Vols, the men fell behind, 17 points. Now here's something that's pretty incredible. Kentucky, over the last 10 years, when they have a double digit lead, was 129 and 0. I'm going to say that again. They won 129 games, never lost once they had a double digit lead until last night or till the other night. Oh, that was awesome to come back. So basically what happened is uh, the short version, John Fulkerson turned into a beast. 27.6 rebounds. He was dominant on the inside. Uh, after the game, John Calipari said, we were out by Tennessee and John Fulkerson. Now, here's the fun thing. Rick Barnes, earlier in the season, when John Fulkerson was starting to emerge, he was a role player last year. Rick Barnes said he's going to have to do more for us this year. And as Fulkerson began to develop and people started paying attention to him, people were going, wow, he's, he's a lot better. He's doing really well. And Rick Barnes was more, I don't want to say lukewarm, but... He basically said, there's more. Fulkerson can do more. And a lot of us at the time were like, I don't know, he's doing an awful lot. Well, against Kentucky, he showed us what more looks like. John Fulkerson has the talent and the drive and the work ethic to take over a game. And I heard an interesting story the other day uh, from some of the folks who were talking about uh, Tennessee teams last year. 
And apparently Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, used to tell Fulkerson that he was the best player on the team, if he'd ever believe it. Uh, and these are guys that are now playing in the NBA in significant roles, saying John Fulkerson was the best player on the team. Um, and last night, or again, a couple nights ago, John Fulkerson showed that. It was just an amazing, dominant performance. Now, the other thing about basketball is it's not a one-person game. We hear about the huge players, but if you don't have support, you're not going to win. Uh, Josiah Jordan James, coming back from an injury, is finally showing the potential, or he's living up to the potential that we saw in him earlier in the season and uh, when he was recruited. Uh, he's doing very, very well when, uh, especially with Fulkerson driving to the inside, that's opening up the outside. Uh, Eve Pons is doing a great job cleaning up on the inside. So the men are peaking at the right time. They're getting ready to head into their tournament. Now, I don't want to talk NCAA. Every time the Vols win a game, people start saying, oh, they're back on the bubble, they're back on the bubble. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to talk about the next game because this is huge. This is Auburn, okay? So why is Auburn so huge? Well, first it's Auburn, and we got Bruce Pearl, and we've got all that history. So that makes it a big game already. Second factor that makes it a big game, we played them at Auburn and had them way down and then let them off the hook and let them win. Okay, that was, that was, that's one of those gut-wrenching losses that you just hate. So now they're coming in to our house tomorrow at noon. We win this game. We set ourselves up to do, have a nice run in the SEC tournament. And if we have a nice run in the SEC tournament, then I'll start talking NCAA. But right now, it's all on Saturday. It's a home game, Thompson Bowling, noon, be there. It's going to be an awesome game. If they play like they played against Kentucky with that same energy, and they did that on the road, they did it on the road, okay? If they can come home with that same energy and that same style and that same physical game and confident and aggressive basketball, they can beat Auburn. And if they beat Auburn, they're setting the table for the SEC tournament. It would be kind of funny. The last couple of years, the Vols had a really good chance to win the whole tournament and fell short. This year, not so much. We're not expected to win the tournament. But the way the team is playing right now, if they just play consistency, we'll see what happens. It could be a very, very interesting tournament for Tennessee. All right, so next thing that we're going to talk about we're going to switch gears. We've been talking about basketball pretty heavily. I'm going to switch over to baseball and the Smokies. So Smokies baseball is about to get started, but they sent out a press release, and I'm going to read parts of it for you uh, regarding the problems in Nashville and Cookville, Putnam County after the tornado and the storms. And what the Smokies said is, the Tennessee Smokies work with the Nashville Sounds, collecting donations to support the surrounding Nashville area during their tornado relief efforts. Smokies Stadium will be a drop-off location for sealed and unused goods on Friday, March 6th, that's today, and Monday, March 9th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tim Volk, the Tennessee Smokies general manager, commented, Our thoughts go out to the Nashville community at this time. We are here to support in any way we can as they overcome this tragedy. Donations can be dropped off inside the Go Tees locker room. 
and the following items will be accepted. They need to be unused and sealed. Uh, toiletries, flashlights, batteries, baby food, baby wipes, child and adult diapers, paper towels, work gloves, toilet paper, Gatorade, trash bags, and individually wrapped snacks. Now this press release is available on our Facebook page if you didn't get all of that information. It's also available on the Smokies website. Um, Frank talked about this a little bit yesterday on his show and I think it's really important to emphasize that sending goods that are easily usable is important. Uh, like Frank said, time, treasure, and talent. Give of your time if you can get out there to help out. Send money if you can't or contribute in some other way. But whatever you can do, Tennessee is a volunteer state and apparently that's now been made official by uh, the uh, assembly. So we're gonna reach out and help out our friends in Middle Tennessee. And congratulations on the Smokies for reaching out and helping. All right, so from there, we're gonna talk a little bit of football before we finish up for today. And, uh, but first we're gonna take a break because uh, my throat's getting dry. All right, we'll take a break and be back in just a minute. We now have our own magazine. Our prints are located in shops, gas stations, hotels, ballparks, all over the Smoky Mountain region. We offer a concierge service for cabins, hotels, resorts, and individuals. A portion of any of our services or ad space may be applied as ticket value to the cost of any service or ad you book through us. Contact our marketing today for a free initial consultation. Email marketing at mountainfunlive.com. We are back. A little bit of paperwork here to keep things rolling. We're going to talk about uh, football now, and we've got a couple of different football topics to cover. First off is Youth League football. Now, Youth League football takes place in the fall, just like the rest of football does, but they do have spring practice and uh, spring sessions to uh, get the kids out, get them used to it, see if they want to go through a full fall. And I've got a, an announcement from the Northview Youth Athletic Association. And uh, they are setting up their spring session, their uh, spring football. And it starts, the uh, signups are gonna start today. They're gonna be at the Northview football field behind the intermediate school from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So that's for the Northview Youth Athletic Association. They play in the English Mountain Football Conference, along with uh, Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg-Pittman, and other teams. So if you have kids playing in the English Mountain Football Conference, if you have a team, or if you have any other youth league information that you want us to pass on, please email it to me, r-h-a-i-l-e-y at mountainfunlife.com, okay? Email that to me. I'll be happy to put it out there and help you get your sign-up information out. So Northview, again, will be doing their sign-ups today from 10 until 1 at the field. The fee is $35. That includes a t-shirt. Practices will start on April 20th, and they usually have a scrimmage scheduled to end all the practices just so the kids can uh, have some fun and play after taking part in all of the practices. So. Continuing on with football, we have a semi-pro team that makes their home here in Sevier County, the Tennessee Tribe, and uh, they've got a game coming up. We've got a graphic, if we can put that up. They will be taking on the Smoky Mountain Ravens, and that game will be Saturday at 3 o'clock. They're currently playing in Rocky Top, Tennessee, formerly known as Lake City. 
Uh, they practice here in town. And uh, they're, they're a semi-pro team, like I said, and it's football with kind of a rough edge. Um, again, there's a recreational aspect to it, which means it's not quite as formal. They play by full NFL rules, so 15-minute quarters, uh, all the standard NFL rules and scoring that you have uh, in a regular game. And uh, it's a lot of fun. If you can get out there to go see a game, please do enjoy the games. They are, like I said, being played out in uh, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Uh, let's see, we've got a couple of comments. Let's see what we've got here. Craig likes the view of the newsroom behind me. I do too, especially when the intern peeks up at, and uh, licks the window. I think that's kind of funny looking. Keep your eye out. It happens about once every 30 or 40 minutes. And uh, Craig has another comment. Uh, yeah, I like that. I'm right there with you. Hopefully Arch Manning will decide to attend Tennessee like his uncle, Peyton. And uh, yeah, we, we got a while on that one, but we'll see. Uh, the Mannings have made Tennessee part of their home. I know they're uh, Louisiana and New Orleans and Ole Miss, uh, so they're kind of a Southern legacy, but just because of Peyton, we all like to think that, you know, the Mannings are, are part of Tennessee. So uh, they're good people and uh, they bring a lot of excitement with them. All right, so the last thing that we're gonna be talking about is NASCAR, because yes, we're in the South and it's NASCAR season. So NASCAR is uh, in Phoenix this weekend. Uh, Phoenix, the track is a one mile tri-oval and uh, low banking. So the speeds are a little bit lower, but the driving's gonna be a little bit more exciting. The other nice thing is they've made some car changes, changes to the rules on the cars to try to make a little bit more interesting racing. Uh, super speedways are fun, but when all the cars do is draft for 490 miles and then race for 10, yeah, no, the excitement's kind of not there. Plus, there's so much pressure at that point that you get big accidents and accidents are exciting, but I don't want anybody hurt. That's, that's not why I watch the sport. So I like tracks where the racing is from the opening flag to the checkered flag. That's what I like about racing. Speaking of which, Bristol's coming up. All right, so NASCAR is in Phoenix. We have three races this weekend. Today, the ARCA race, it's uh, the Menards ARCA Series General Tire 150, and that's going to take off at 7 o'clock tonight. Then tomorrow in the Xfinity Series is the LS Tractor 200, and that runs at 4 p.m., and these times are our time. Uh, they're out there on the West Coast. Who cares? And then the NASCAR Cup Fan Shield 500, will be at 3.30 on Sunday. So that will be the final race of the weekend. So the General Tire 150, seven o'clock tonight, LS Tractor 200, 4 p.m. tomorrow, and then the Fan Shield 500, 3.30 on Sunday. So that's our NASCAR update. All right, well, that's it. It's been a very fast half hour. And ah, here we go, Terrell Boards, who is one of the players on the Tennessee Tribe. He's watching in. Thanks, Terrell. And uh, hope you all have great luck tomorrow. I'll be out there announcing for them because that's always that's what they pay me to do is run my mouth, if you might have already noticed. All right, so it'll be a great game, and uh, we'll see how well they do. The Tribe right now are 2-0. and oh. They've won both of their games in uh, handy fashion, so they're playing well and uh, should be an exciting game. So nobody has guessed on the trivia, so I'm going to read the question one more time and uh, then let you try to figure it out, and then we're going to close up. So 
There are two coaches that have a winning record against Kentucky basketball that have played them more than 10 times. Rick Barnes is one at seven and six. Who is the other? Any guesses? Anybody? Bueller. Bueller. No, no guesses. All right. The other one is Coach Dean Smith from North Carolina. And he's not only got a winning record against Kentucky, he has utterly dominated them 13-2. and two. So Kentucky was very happy to celebrate his retirement, I am certain. All right, so uh, there is one other coach with a winning record, Mike Krzyzewski, but he hasn't had 10 games yet. <laughs> Craig has a sense of humor. Bruce Pearl. I don't think Bruce played him 10 times, did he? I'll look it up and see. By the way, my source for this was the bigbluehistory.com website. So that's where I got the source for this. So if it's wrong, it's their fault. All right, everybody. That is the show for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Quick trip around the sports world here in the Smoky Mountains. Again, if you've got anything that you want me to cover on Fridays or anytime during the week, just drop me a line. Email again, rhaley at mountainfunlife.com. And remember to stay tuned next week. We've got our full slate of weekly shows, Monday and Tuesday. It's Morning in the Mountains with Frank and Kira. Then on Wednesday, we've got the entertainment show with uh, Jim Johnson and Dre Hilton. And that is always a blast. They are really uh, making some things happen on Wednesday. Thursday is our crazy day. That's the Ask Frank Live show with Frank and Kira again. And you never know what's going to happen because they don't know what's going to happen. It just happens. And then Friday, I'll be back here with more sports, uh, wrapping up what happened last week and looking forward to what's going to happen next week. So, and Craig's got one more note saying we better beat Bruce tomorrow. You are absolutely right on that. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. I like Bruce Pearl. I don't like some of the things he did while he was here at Tennessee. I am happy that he's enjoying success at Auburn, and I want to beat his pants off tomorrow. So, that's that. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. We will see you next week. I'm Rich Haley. This is the Mountain Fun Life channel, and you've been watching Sports in the Smokies. We'll see you next week.